Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. Proudly hosted by me, Chris Little. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, Mike Macapinlack. Did I say it right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. That's not bad at all. Well, thank you. I, uh, I heard your voicemail a few times. That helped. <laughs> awesome. Welcome to the second episode of the Lifestyle Chase. It's a pleasure to have you on. Oh, so, sweet man. Well, I'm I'm stoked to be uh, episode number two. Yeah. How's your day going so far? It's been good, man. Just uh, I'm I'm in the middle of uh, just editing videos. We're um, we're about to launch a YouTube channel. Yep. So just bu- just busy with that. Makes sense. Uh, what editor yeah. do you like to use? All ScreenFlow, just like basic stuff. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I am a personal trainer, so we do a lot oh, of nice. videos too. So I always like to know what what people are using. Nice, man. So, what's a day in the life of you like? Take us on a journey of what you've gotten up to so far today. Uh, I'm a morning person, so I wake up at, uh, at around five forty-five, uh, shower, meditate, visualize. That's a big component component of my day, and then. Uh, go to my favorite coffee shop. Uh, you know, I've got a gratitude practice, and then I, I review my my goals. You know, like both long term. Um, you know, like this month and today, and then I do my most important task. I hit the gym at around ten thirty, and then have lunch at around twelve. I normally skip breakfast, so I do intermittent fasting, and then take a break. You know, like play the guitar, just like go for a walk, and then back at work around. Uh, 2 p.m. and then end my day around 5:36, and then the rest of the day is just you know for hanging out, you know, like uh, with friends or going on dates or doing some fun social stuff. So yeah, that's that's a pretty cool, that's a, that's a pretty uh, typical day for me. And uh, yeah, I get to do it, you know, in Calgary, uh, Vancouver, Toronto. I travel quite a bit, so that's a, a fairly typical schedule. I love it. So uh, would you say that? Uh you don't feel like you're working so much because what you're doing has is your passion kind of thing? Yeah, man, it definitely doesn't feel like work. You know, like, uh, I mean, you know, earlier on, I've been running my business now for about six years at this point. I've been learning all this stuff for about 10. And, uh, you know, like, business has been really good the past few years. You know, like, money, um, you know, like, money's no longer such a big driving factor for me to go to work. And, and uh, yeah, man, I'm 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 just as excited to to uh, to get into my business as I was when when I first started. So I I feel blessed to be able to get to do what I do. That's awesome. Is it like is it paying all your bills financially? Like, would you say you're doing really well, or you're just kind of staying afloat? Uh, I, I mean, it depends, right? Like, my lifestyle is very simple, so the money that I make definitely provides a very comfortable living for me. Um, you know, I've been running. I've been running it full time for about six years now, so can't complain, man. Yeah, I like that. I like that attitude. Sometimes it's not so much about money; it's just about like building that lifestyle, that ideal lifestyle kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I make enough to provide for my ideal lifestyle. So, in that sense, I'm successful. Perfect. Yeah, I would define it as successful. So let's hit the rewind button, though. What was a day in your life like in, like, say, two thousand three? 2003, that would have been 15 years ago? Yeah. 
15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, 15 years ago, I uh, th that would have been my first year in Canada. Um, you know, we just immigrated from, uh, you know, I immigrated from the Philippines. The rest of my family immigrated from Saudi Arabia, where I, uh, I was raised. And uh, it's, it's definitely not a very exciting time for me because, you know, back then I was uh, 60 pounds overweight, didn't speak English, you know, suffered from really bad social anxiety. So, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of self-discovery and, and figuring out what I'm going to do and, and uh, how I'm going to move forward. So 15 years ago, I definitely felt really lost. What was it like coming to Canada as a country in general? Like, you've, you've, how many countries have you lived in? to begin with? Canada is the third country that, that uh, I've lived in, but I've traveled to a lot of different countries on my own. Okay. So yeah. as far as living goes, how did Canada compare to the other two countries? I mean, it, w it was a lot colder. Um, you know, uh, we, we moved here, I believe it was like, uh, it was either summer or uh, spring. So we had a nice transitional period, but experiencing winter for the first time was really difficult just because I've never seen anything like it, right? You know, like Saudi Arabia was about uh, 50 degrees, you know, Philippines is about 20, 35 type of thing, uh, Celsius, and then my first winter was like minus 30, minus 40, so it, it was quite the experience for sure. Totally, just a complete shock, hey? Yeah. Um, so what what enticed you and your family to move to Canada? What's, what caused it? Just my dad. My dad's been in oil and gas for a long time. His company had a, an opportunity to transfer over. So, yeah, he took the entire family. Okay, nice. So uh, what would you say triggered you to see that you had control of your outcomes in your life? Like you went from being a really anxious person to somebody who coaches anxious people. Sure. Uh, to me, it was just, wanting to wanting to solve my own problems you know kind of like what you mentioned i used to be really shy and socially anxious so for me it was just you know like wanting to connect with other people i was sick and tired of staying at home on a friday night and feeling like there was a glass wall that separated me from the types of people that i wanted to meet not because i didn't want to but because i just didn't know how right so if i can if i can share that advice and you know stuff that i've learned throughout the years you know for many different books and, and people and courses, if I can distill it down in a way that, you know, I can take someone who's shy and socially awkward into a social rock star in a short as in a short amount of time as 12 weeks, then, you know, like, I mean, if I had the program that I had now back in the day, my, my life would have been completely different, you know, like I would have uh, prevented a lot of different heartaches and headaches and, and uh, yeah, you know, like I, I would have been further along in my journey for sure. Totally. It makes sense. Um, what was the biggest struggle to overcome in your growth as an individual, both physically and mentally? And what was the thing that helped you most in staying consistent and improving on yourself? So what was like the biggest roadblock that you faced? I say it's believing, it's believing that I could, you know, like it's one thing to read self-development books and, 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 you know, go, go online and to, you know, like your, uh, uh, to your favorite website or listen to your favorite podcast and hear all these, you know, people, right, who have the, the types of lifestyle that you want. And then, you know, like coming back to your own reality and believing that, oh, shit, you know, like, okay, well, there's, there's these people out there who are, I'm assuming, know 
smarter or different than I am. You know, like I want the same lifestyle that they could that that they have. You know, like uh, to me, the biggest struggle was believing that I could also live the type of lifestyle they have. And the biggest thing that's helped me um, just you know stay consistent and uh, and and on the right path would be um, uh, an exercise that I learned from a book called Psycho Cybernetics. So if you don't know what that is, you know, like it's what. I, I must have, I mean, I've read that book multiple times. I have it on audio. I used to listen to it, you know, like almost every other day, right? You know, the, the whole book is about uh, the the psychology of positive self-image. So there's an exercise that I do every morning where, you know, I close my eyes, you know, I meditate just to, like, relax my mind, and then I play a, I play a movie of what my perfect day looks like, you know, like what kind of body I have, what kind of style I have, the types of business that I run, how much money I make, who I am, you know, the types of relationships that I have, the kinds of friends that I have, you know, like the, uh, the, the, all the fun activities that I get to have. So I play that movie in my head and I picture myself as if I'm already that person today, right? So that's a, that's a very consistent practice that I've done, you know, six years ago, seven years ago, maybe even eight years ago, and I still do it today. I haven't missed, I, I haven't missed a day. You know, that's, that's a very critical uh, uh, thing that sets me up for uh, for a, for a successful day uh, on a regular basis. So just like visualization, like creating what it looks like. In yeah, your consciously, life. conscious, consciously, deliberately creating the type of life that that I wanted. So it's no surprise that you know I can pack up and go whenever I want. You know, like I I have a, a very distinct look you know like uh i perform really well to, at, at the gym and uh you know like I've, I've dated some amazing people and and uh, i've got uh you know massively uh in, influential friends because that's the type of uh a lifestyle that i've pictured myself over and over again so because i've conditioned my mind to like to like seek that you know like the right actions and the right emotions come to me and with the opportunity presents itself, I'm able to recognize it uh, very quickly because I've trained my mind to look for those things. I love it. I love it. And plus, like, being with your social network, that's going to only leverage your growth. Like, you're the product of your five closest people. And I'd imagine your five closest people are pretty badass, hey? They're pretty badass, man, for sure. That's awesome. Um, So next thing, I would... I would definitely consider you a high-performance individual, which is pretty much what this podcast is all about, which means I know that you must have a pretty big goal on your mind for the next year. Can you tell me about what you have set in your sights, what are you visualizing for yourself, and what are the steps you are taking to level up to where you want to be? So I'm at a point now where, you know, I've coached uh, hundreds, hundreds of, of guys, right, to help them go from shy to social. So I'm at a point now where I am in the process of uh, building a team of coaches so we can impact more people. You know, uh, the the type of work that I do, um, I mean, it's changed my life and it's changed the lives of the guys that I work with. Uh, you know, five of my students got married last year. I've had guys who were depressed and suicidal because they're so lonely to now, you know, they have a thriving uh, social lives, you know, like they're going out again, they're meeting people, they're actively dating, you know, like, I mean, if I, if I can impact more people, um, you know, like that's the type of legacy that, that I want to I wanna, I wanna leave, right? So I'm at a point now where I'm creating uh, uh, documents and processes so I can, I can train coaches to, to teach the program that I've created. So 
yeah, you know, starting a YouTube channel uh, for, for the fourth quarter of the year, continuing on the podcast, and then, uh, you know, doing more live events, um, you know, so a big one next year will be to do uh, an in-person summit where, you know, like we invite different speakers to talk about, you know, how to succeed in your personal, romantic, and professional lives, uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, style experts, you know, career experts, mindset experts, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, man, just like just like keep serving more people, you know, and changing lives. That's a that's a big focus uh, this year and moving forward. I love it. It's very similar to the mindset of a personal trainer, so I can totally relate. Um, what would you say has been your best tool for for networking? Has your podcast helped you out quite a bit? Tool? You mean like the stuff that I use to like meet how, people, or like how have you made the most? Uh, high high performance friends the friends that have helped you level up the most to me i say it's uh just a mindset of of service right instead of I, I think a mistake that a lot of people commit when it comes to networking with these individuals is you know they're, they're thinking like what can i do for me like how can they promote me to their network how, how can i get on their podcast or like you know how can they you know, promote me to their social media followers, you know, like that, in my opinion, that's the wrong approach, right? Like you, you have to come in with a, a giver's mindset, you know, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Right. Uh, and, and, and all of the, especially when I was starting out, man, like, like I was, I was massively just giving value to my, uh, my, my earlier mentors, you know, like I, I had, because think about it, you know, like if you're good at one area of your life, chances are, you know, like you, you, you have some some other areas in your life that you're kind of lacking, right? You know, my first mentor back in the day, very good in business, but he wasn't uh, he was in poor shape. So I took him to the gym. My other mentor, again, really good in business, but he was poorly dressed. So I took him shopping, right? The other mentor that I had, um, you know, he he just didn't have a lot of time, right, to to create content. So I wrote the I, I was a ghostwriter for him. You know, I wrote I wrote his content. You know, so. So that's a that's a big thing that I did, you know, like figuring out what are some ways that I can make the lives better. Because trust me, you know, like if 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 you find a way to make a difference in in someone's life, whether they're influential or not, like that person will remember you for the rest of their lives, and they will find ways to not just reciprocate, but also you know add value to you in in more ways that you can ever imagine. So I say like a, a service mind, a service mindset, and a giving mindset. You know that's that's the most important tool that I have and everything else is easy, right? You know, whether it's Instagram or podcasting or Facebook, you know, like, like, like that, that's all easy. That's all in, uh, that, that's all minor stuff. You know, the biggest thing is, is, uh, you know, again, having that giver's attitude. I agree. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's kind of the direction that training is going. Like the successful trainers are putting out so much free stuff. And people are like, why? Why are you putting all that time, that effort to just give people things for free? Like, there, there's times when I've brought people into the, into the gym and basically given them a completely free session just because I, I want to help them at least just one time. And I agree. Like, that, that provides so much more value and it's reciprocated or it's remembered. It, it leaves a mark. Exactly. So, I love that answer. Uh transitioning a nice little segue into fitness i know that fitness is definitely a priority in your life i uh heard in one of your podcasts your deadlift number is pretty high 
<laughs> did uh, social confidence come as a byproduct of a healthier lifestyle, or did you develop a healthier lifestyle as a result of being more socially confident? That's a great question. So, I, so kind of you know, uh, backtracking a little bit to my story. You know, I, I did mention that I used to be sixty pounds overweight, right? And and you know, I don't know about you, but it's hard to stand in front of a mirror and tell yourself you're attractive and you're sexy when the reflection that that's, uh, that that you're seeing it, it's not congruent with that, right? So my first segue into personal development was actually in the gym. You know, like I started to. Um, you know, like there, there wasn't much that I can do about my height or my skin color or, you know, like my face to a certain extent. But, you know, I, I, I was really excited to know that I can change my body and I can change how I look. So I, I, uh, I spent about, you know, a solid two years just, you know, being consistent, going to the gym, eating healthy, you know, really immersing myself into health and fitness, reading every article that I could about uh, you know, like how to eat properly, different training styles, stuff like that. And, you know, uh, as a byproduct, uh, as my waist decreased, my confidence increased, right? Because now I'm, I'm seeing, uh, you know, like girls were starting to check me out and like I, uh, my clothes fit me better, you know, like I'm able to wear slimmer fitting jeans and, you know, tighter shirts. And, and, and finally, uh, I started to really like the person that I'm becoming and, and I can see that in the mirror and and also the gym has taught me a lot of really important life lessons right like goal setting consistency uh, you know when you're when you're injured you know be uh, working work, uh, working around an injury right or like uh, um, you know tracking tracking has been like a big thing that I've applied in all aspects of my life because uh, you know like when you go to the gym a 45 pound is a 45 pound so so to me I like I like I like the idea that I can show up, you know, like at a gym, whether it's in Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto, in the States, you know, and, and there's this sense of consistency, right? It's almost very therapeutic for me to go to the gym. Um, and I've, you know, I've, I've never skipped a workout. And, and again, the lessons that I've learned in the gym has applied, has, has really, uh, I've, I've really applied to other aspects of my life too. Totally. That's a great answer. And I can, I can relate with that before. I entered into the fitness industry. I would say I was about 50 pounds heavier than my ideal weight. And since then, I've obviously added some weight because I've added some muscle. But, like, it's totally the, the look of yourself when you look in the mirror, how, how you talk about yourself, your self-affirmations, like, they all change with your fitness. And it's a great escalator for uh, for any kind of of lifestyle changes like you just get more confident you're just going to say nicer things to yourself and treat yourself better seek out better things for for every avenue of life no i totally agree great to hear um for sure when you moved to canada uh did you already know english or did you have to learn it pretty quick I mean, like, I knew how to read, I knew how to write, but I, I just never had the opportunity to speak. So, yeah, the first two years was tough because I didn't really understand how the locals communicated. So, you know, I put in, again, I, I, I put in a lot of effort to improve my communication skills because I knew that if I wanted the same opportunity as the next guy, you know, like, I have to at least uh, be able to communicate myself the same way that you know, that other person would be able to, you know, to, to, to be given the same opportunities. Did you ever have times where uh, 
you faced a struggle because you weren't getting that same opportunity? Like, was there things that, that sparked the fire and made you think, I need to hustle, I need to get on the same level as quick as possible? Yeah, I, I say for me it was more it was more uh, socially. Like, I, uh, you know, obviously I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, you know, back then, I, you know, my, my dating life was terrible too. So, so just that feeling of loneliness was such a big catalyst for me to make a change in myself so I can, you know, put myself out there and, and, and create meaningful connections. That makes sense. So you've talked about dates a few times. Do you ever, like, commit to a person or do you find you're kind of going on dates with a person short term and then moving on to another person kind of as your life evolves? Do you think you'll settle down? No, absolutely. And, and to me, it's about, it's about just, you know, meeting someone who I have a lot of things in common with, you know, someone who I'm attracted to, like-minded, same passion, same vision, that kind of stuff. So, and uh, yeah, man, you know, like when I meet that person, you know, I just, I'm just in the moment, I enjoy their company and, uh, you know, I, I really can't control who I'm with and, and you know, I can only control myself. So all I do is show up, you know, I give my, I give my best, I give my all and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. Um, so what was your childhood like? Like you lived in two different countries before you came to Canada. It sounds like your family was fairly well off, but like what, what kind of school did you go to and what did you do for fun as a kid growing up in, in other countries? I definitely wouldn't say my family was well off. My dad worked abroad. Uh, you know, I was raised in a farm, in a small farm back in the Philippines where, you know, I lived in a hut. You know, we had we had to share that hut with a few other families and you know, we didn't have running water, and we often didn't even have electricity growing up. And uh, I moved to moved to Saudi Arabia when I was about 11 or 12, and then I moved back to the Philippines when I was 16 to attend post-secondary, and then came to Canada when I was 17. So, you know, I went to, like, a decent school. Um, I've always been pretty hardworking. Um, to me, it's more just I, just, I just question authority, right? Like, I... I never liked the idea of doing something that didn't make sense to me. So that's uh, that's been a pretty consistent theme in my life, right? Like if I'm going to do something, I need to understand why I'm doing something instead of just being told, oh, just because. So, yeah, you know, like I've, I've always had issues with uh, authority, especially if, if, uh, if, I'm not, if, it, if it's not clear why I'm doing something that they told me to do. That makes sense. I like that answer. Yeah, I just... When you said that your dad was with with oil field related stuff, I just assumed, but it makes sense. Like most, like I have two two of my best friends were born in the Philippines, grew up there, and they've told me stories. And it wasn't like an easy go. Like typically, uh, there were things that were drastically different in their childhood in comparison to my childhood. And it's always so so cool to to hear the story, and then you can attribute different characteristics of different cultures to, like, how they grew up. Um, Exactly. What would you say was the thing that uh, helped you the most with with your childhood in comparison to the childhood of somebody that was born in Canada? I'm just more, I feel, this is just my own opinion, I I just feel more grateful because I didn't have a lot of stuff growing up. So coming to North America, you know, having, even having uh, clean tap water, you know, like I couldn't believe people could drink tap water here because that's, 
that's impossible back home. Like you could not drink tap water. It's like you turn on the faucet and it's bronze, right? Like yeah. it's it's not safe to drink tap water. Uh, the, the convenience of food, right? You know, like you can uh, back home, like eating chicken is like a like a special day for us. You know, we uh, we we didn't we just didn't have a lot of access to resources back home. So you know, like I, I mean, arguably, I feel happier uh, com- compared to most people who grew up here, just because. You know, I, I had such. I, I grew up with a big contrast, right? I didn't have a lot growing up, so coming here and having, uh, you know, like more resources that are readily available to me, I never take those things for granted. Yeah, I love that answer. That's something that I see in my friends. Um, they're able to just uh, pull the trigger and travel because they're enabled to be able to travel. They have the attitude of. Uh, not making so many excuses, whereas I had to work myself out of making excuses because I got comfortable being comfortable kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I'm not afraid to take risks because if I lose everything, it's okay because I know what it's like to not have much. So to me, like taking a risk and, and you know potentially losing uh, whatever I have, to me that doesn't scare me just because I've, I grew up with not a whole lot of stuff to begin with, so you know, if I lose it, then I'm like, oh, cool, you know, no big deal. I'll survive. I'll be okay, and I can just move forward with with less attachment to stuff because I didn't have a lot of stuff to begin with when I was younger. That's awesome. That's a great answer, and that's kind of what I what I thought you would say, just because like I've had so many conversations about like why why my friends are the way they are versus why I am the way I am, and like, I really look up to their attitude of, like, you know, living in the moment and cherishing, like, relationships over possessions and memories over over different uh, amounts of money and stuff. And it's it's a great, wholesome way to live, and it takes people really far in their life. So you kind of uh, grew up with a bit of an edge. It's, it's not always nice to reflect on, like, living in a hut with uh, – bad drinking water as your your edge or your advantage but that's how it's played yeah. out yeah you know i'm just i'm just more uh risk adverse just because i'm not afraid to lose right so you're very proficient at being grateful i'd say thanks man i uh i have to ask because i know it's popular in the philippines did you play basketball at all as a kid oh yeah that's a big sport that uh that we definitely played back home and uh you know, it doesn't matter where if if you're in the city or the slums. Like everyone played basketball. Uh, we, I actually played basketball um, without without basketball shoes just because I couldn't afford basketball shoes. So we, so I played with my bare feet. So you know, my dad would would come back from Saudi Arabia and uh, every year he'd buy he'd buy me a, a new pair of Nikes. You know, and, and I was really I, I'd always be excited to wear basketball shoes because you know they're such a popular sport back in the Philippines. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what kind of a hoop did you play with? Did you have to make something up, or was there an actual basketball hoop? Oh no, we just like made some something up. Like we didn't eat, like we we played in like uh, like padded soil. You know, we didn't even have concrete for uh, for our basketball court. And then you know, like later on when I moved to the city, you know, we 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 had a proper uh, basketball court. But you know, back home, back in the farm, we just. We just cut the grass and padded the soil, and we found two coconut trees, and we 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 put the board and and we created a, just like a metal hoop, and yeah, we played. So that that was it. It was simple. 
I love it because you see so many families from the Philippines and like all the kids play for the basketball team. Like, totally. I grew up exactly. in a rural community and every Filipino kid that we had in the school played on the basketball team and they were awesome. And then there you go. Both both of my friends, they play basketball. They're good at it. And it's just so nice to see like an actual appreciation for the sport and like a passion for the sport because it's like it's like Philippine Philippine hockey kind of thing. Like Yeah, that's exactly mean? it. Exactly. That's exactly it. Perfect. Um do you find yourself feeling anxious in situations in your life still, or do you feel pretty bulletproof with the experiences and knowledge and like skill set that you've gained? I mean, I feel pretty anxious, you know. Like I, I feel anxious uh, if I'm if I'm gonna give a big talk or if I'm gonna meet someone really uh, prominent or you know, like I'm going on a date with someone I really like. The only difference is I'm able to manage my emotions a lot more effectively so I mean I'm a, I'm a human being right you know to, re- to remove anxiety is to remove happiness like like that's that's the joy of being a human being you get to experience all these emotions you know like if you're if you're happy all the time then feeling happy doesn't feel so special anymore because it becomes your new norm right you, you adapt to this feeling so being able to go through you know a variety of feelings like anxiety depression, sadness, happiness, excitement, all these things like that, in my opinion, makes life more, more meaningful, right? You know, it's kind of like, um, uh, I forgot which movie it was, but the, uh, I think it was Troy or something. Like they're talking about how the, the gods uh, envy the mortals because, because we die, right? And, and, and the reason why everything's, so, everything's more meaningful as human beings is because we have an expiry date. You know, like like we we go we go through life and we know that at some point things are gonna, are are going to end and and that's what makes things more meaningful. So you know, answering your question, the reason why being more socially confident is such a prized skill is because you know, like if if everyone's socially confident, then I'd be out of a job, right? <laughs> yeah. But because we all experience anxiety, even me, even you know the best guys that I know, we all, we all experience anxiety. The difference is how we manage our emotions that makes us the way we are. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you answered that way because sometimes I don't think people believe it when they see people that are like, they kind of have the have-it-all lifestyle. They think that those people don't get depressed feelings or anxious feelings or like fear or or all the emotions. But it doesn't Oh, we go through it all the time. All of it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so it's just important for people to remember that because like these people high performers need support too just like just like the people who show their struggle on the outside everybody's struggling one way or another totally so you're an author you've written four books now um what inspired you to write them and what was the most rewarding thing that happened as a result of someone reading one of your books so I so every year I've got bucket list goals and and uh, one of my bucket list goals is to write a book. So I'm glad I can check that off not just once but four times, kind of like what you mentioned. So I wrote uh, a series of books on social confidence. Um, you know they're available on Amazon. They're available on my website. And, and to me the the most gratifying thing being an author is I mean I've been. <laughs> I'm very flattered because I've been stopped multiple times in different cities, uh, you know, either from someone who has read the book or or listened to my podcast, and and I can just see the 
the the gratitude that these people have, you know, like like read, uh, consuming the information that I produce, and and to me, I'm like, wow, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just a guy, you know, from Calgary, right? You know, trying to pursue his dreams and 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 make the most out of his life. So for me to 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 receive appreciation from other people that either listen to my podcast or read my books and and acknowledge that. You know, like they 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 paid for my books, man. Like 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 pe- you know, people work, right? People work. People uh, they they earn a living, and and to, for them to exchange uh, their money into uh, for something that I created, like I take that very seriously. So yeah, you know, when 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 people stop me on the street and they're like, hey man, like I I read your book or like I listen to your podcast, I I always like take you know take time out of my day to converse with them and get to know them because. Uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, like I touch that person's life, and and uh, you know, to me, that's that's the best job ever, right? You know, being able to make an impact in in someone's life. Completely, and that's kind of the thing that would probably fill your cup, right? Like you, you're putting hours and hours into writing the book. How how long does it take you to write one of your books? Well, the first book took forever, just because I had to go through all the process of like writing, editing, you know, brainstorming, cover design marketing the book, you know, the whole launch process. But, you know, like my first book took about, I say, I from start to finish, I'd say like two and a half months, three months. But the next books were pretty quick, like four weeks, three weeks, if that. Damn, that's quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, that's just how I work, right? Like once I go through something once, I create a process, and then, uh, you know, things become – things become uh, pretty standard after that. So, you know, like right now I'm editing videos. It took, me, it took me a while to like edit the first video, but the second video was pretty straightforward. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, before you wrote your first book, did you find yourself contemplating for a while? Or did you just... Oh, yeah. It, I, I, I did sit... You know, I sat down for a bit. I contemplated, you know, like what I want this book to be, the title, how it's going to, uh, you know, play within my business, you know, stuff like that. And I think that's the part that, t- that took me a while. The, 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 the writing the book wasn't hard. It, it's, it's trying to see how it fits in with the overall picture, you know? Yeah. Would you say your book is more of like a income channel or one of those things where you're putting out value for people? It's both, right? I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd lie to you if I say I don't appreciate the royalty checks that I – receive from Amazon, of course I do, and at the same time, I, I do, um, you know, I feel flattered when, when people buy my books, and, and to me, you know, I've, I've had many, many students convert from the books, right, so obviously, you know, they, they see enough value from, from what they've read that they want to take their learning uh, uh, to the next level, which is to work with me privately. That's great. I love it. I think I know quite a few people who either should write books or have been thinking about writing books and just Hearing it from somebody who has is probably fairly encouraging, just knowing that it can happen and knowing that's like sometimes you just have to take something that you're not quite sure about and just run with it. Yeah, and and give yourself permission to make mistakes, right? I think a lot of people, um, their their desire for perfection is what holds them back from getting started, you know, and and that's, that's not, to me, like, I, I just budget, you know, a, peer, a period of time where I'm going to be awful at something. You know, for example, since this is a fitness podcast, uh, recently I had to retrain my deadlift because, you know, I've been 
I've been deadlifting with a belt and straps, you know, and I, and I do a, a touch and go style. But then my my best friend, who's, who's who's also a personal trainer, said you should you should you know train without any equipment, you know, you, uh, no belt, no straps, and you should you should do like a stop and go instead of a touch and go. So I have to like lower the weight, right? For uh, I have to lower the weight significantly because I'm retraining my deadlift with this with this new technique and new form, and it was tough, right? But I, I've been doing this new form now for about eight weeks, and you know the numbers are starting to go back up again. So. Yeah, you know, if you're starting with anything new, whether it's wanting to go out and meet new people or write a book or, or get in shape, just, just give yourself a period of time where you're going to suck and yeah, that's going to be okay. You got to normal. the suck, hey? Yeah, like you have, to, you have to account for the fact that you're not going to be good at anything when you're starting out. Like right now, video editing, I'm terrible, right? But, you know, obviously the more I do it, the more videos I produce, the more videos I edit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get good at it. The same, the same as my podcast, right? I'm on episode, you know, during the time of this recording, uh, I'm, I'm on episode 92. Best believe my first episode was, was, uh, <laughs> was not as good compared to my 90th, uh, 92nd episode. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the stance that I take on podcasting. My first episode, I got feedback that the microphone was too quiet. Today's episode, I'm talking to you through my cell phone, in my car, in a parking lot. So, I mean, like, I know it's going to get better, but I'm accepting that the first few episodes might might not sound as professional as everybody else's podcast, but we're making it happen. We're having the conversation. There you go. Um, so I believe that no matter how successful we are or how many people we mentor or coach, uh, we all face mental struggle, mental struggles in terms of self-confidence, self-doubt, or just going through low points in life. And what what are your tools? Because we, we kind of talked about it. We said that everybody goes through it. But, like, what's your thing? What's your go-to? Like, if, if you're going to be at your lowest point, what's the first thing you're going to do? I journal. The first thing I do is I pull out my notebook and I journal. I, I get everything out of my head into... Uh, into writing because it's so much easier to dissect and analyze your thoughts once you see them on paper. The second one is to uh, confide confide with someone. You know, find someone you trust and respect who can create space for you and and just listen um, uh, and 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 tell them exactly what's going on. And then from then on, once you've got things on paper, you've gotten all the heaviness out of your chest. Uh, the next thing is figuring out a plan, right, to get you out of that slump. So, you know, whether it's uh, trying to lose weight or earn more money or succeed socially, you know, like we, I've gone through all those three low points, right, myself, and, and that's, that's always been what I've done. You know, like uh, I put everything on paper, I confide with someone, and then I educate myself. That's a, that's a third thing, right, because, uh, you know, like mo- motivation is garbage, right? Like you can you can pump yourself up with motivational videos all day long, but if you don't know where to channel that energy into tangible steps that can actually change your life, you know, like most people who are struggling with something, usually, for the most part, it's just lack of awareness and lack of skills, right? The reason why people are socially awkward is because they lack the skills to be socially confident. The reason why most people uh, are working shitty jobs and they, they don't know how they can't start their own business is because they don't have the awareness and the business skills right to be able to quit their jobs and take control of their own life same thing with fitness the reason why most people are out of shape is because they don't have the awareness or the skills to be able to transform their body and change their eating habits 
so so edge so so uh, not so knowledge is is half the equation and applied in my opinion applied knowledge is real power it's what you do with the information that makes a difference I love it that's a great answer um, so you've given us like nothing but value in this whole podcast and people who haven't heard about you are going to be wondering about you. If anybody is listening to this podcast and wanted to learn more about you, where would they get more info? And what is the best way to reach out to you if they just want to chat? Sure, yeah. Visit my website. Uh, it's at socialconfidencemastery.com. You can find my podcast there, my books, my blog, uh, all my social media links. And uh, the, the social media platform that I'm most active on is Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Mike MacPinlack. I, I know that's a, a long name, so I'm going to spell it out for you. It's M-Y-K-E, and then MacPinlack is M-A-C-A-P-I-N-L-A-C. Usually, if you, if you type in Mike with a Y, M-Y-K-E, and then M, I'm usually the first person to pop up. But uh, if not, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll put my Instagram link on the show notes. For sure, I definitely will, and I'll uh, I'll confirm for you if you uh, type in M Y K E M for Google, you're definitely at the top there. Oh, really? So <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's a trophy for your trophy case. That's awesome, man. That's wicked. Um, it might also help that like I'm googling from Edmonton, so it's a regional thing. But I mean, it's a win. Maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you could give our listeners one piece of advice on authentically living their life to the fullest. What would it be? I say sit down with yourself every morning in silence and ask yourself what you want. You know, that's, that's got to be the most important question you can ever ask yourself. Sit down in silence, ask yourself, what do I want? You know, like what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my body to look like? What, what kind of relationships do I want? What kind of business or lifestyle, you know, or, or career do I want? You know, because if you don't know what you want, then it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. But once you've taken the time to define your own goals, and your own core values, then, 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 you know, all of a sudden you stop caring what other people think of you. And, and uh, yeah, and, and I, I truly believe that everyone knows the answer to their own problems, but they, they just have to take the time to, like, sit down and listen to what you know, like their inner their inner voice is telling them. Because this actually makes me sad, man. Like I see so many people, you know, whether at the gym or at the coffee shop, they're on their phone. It's like it's like their their face is glued to their phone. That's the reason why most people are so easily influenced by like the, you know the next shoe or the next style or like the next you know like whatever, right? Because there's they never take the time to sit with themselves and ask themselves what they want. And I truly believe that if everyone just took a moment out of their day and asked themselves, asked themselves that, that important question, then, then their lives will transform in a, more, in a much more meaningful way because, you know, like everyone has their, their own definition of success, but the first step is to define what happiness means to you. I love that. That's an amazing answer. Like, honestly, you put so much value into this podcast, and I can't thank you enough. Um, Thanks, man. No, I appreciate you reaching out. Next time you're in Edmonton, give me a shout. Send me a message. We'll meet up or something if you have time. Sounds good, man, for sure. All right. Well, thanks for being my guest for episode two. And without further ado, I'll let you get on with your day. Talk to you later. All right, man. See you later. Take care. Yeah, you too.